another test. Welcome back to The Running Joke, the show where we go live and talk about the jokes we make while we're running. The Running Joke. Bow. Wow, 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 Running Joke, running joke, running running joke with Gunnar Rogers. Gunnar Rogers and Seth Rogers. Running joke. Sorry. Go? No, keep going. We're going. Oh, yeah. Wait, we're li- we, no, yeah. 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 Yes, we can. Live. Yeah, Good no, that? I liked it. That's, yeah. Come on. Uh, nope, that's how it is. All right. Yeah. What is it like <laughs> to train for a hundred mile race? That's the question. It's really fun and it's really hard. It's. It makes me think of there's a video where Rob McElhenney and Men's Health. Do uh you know how do you get ripped like Rob McElhenney and he makes the joke oh it's really easy you just and he lists these things and sometimes I do want to say mm-hmm. oh training for an ultra is really easy just think of all the people you love the most in mm-hmm. your life and then don't communicate with them very effectively for the next six to nine months just forget about them mm-hmm. um, do you like feeling just energized at all times like eh let's forget about that for a while. Do you want to be so depleted that you can't think straight five days a week? You're in. This is going to be great. And do you want to lay down, but you got to go run? Perfect. This will be what sometimes I want to say that. But most of the time, I this is the most fun, worthy pursuit yeah. I think anyone can and should do. Whether, you know, an ultra is really just a marathon or a half, cool. But there is nothing like setting an objective that is probably at the threshold of what you perceive yourself capable of and then doing the work to actually get across the finish line. It's, to me, the reward is not necessarily going to be in crossing the finish line at Leadville. It is going to be at every day when it really felt like I don't want to train or I don't want to eat or I would really love a glass of bourbon, but apparently when I'm training at this level, a little bit of alcohol could kill me. So, <laughs> well, let's, let's, you have, what's the most you've ever run at once? The most I've ever run at once is 62 miles. Okay. And it felt pretty good. Like, I felt very capable of that. Mm-hmm. But something I've run into, and it's been interesting, is people will say, well, shouldn't you run 100 miles once before you do a race like Leadville? And I get the... You get the mentality. I get the mentality, but there's a reality, number one, that in ultra racing, the only jump you can make is 100K to 100 miles. There's no... There's no, like, 75 miles. Yeah, there's no 80 miler. There's just 100K and then 100 miles. Yeah. So I get the sentiment, but there's just a reality that at some point, if you're going to do this thing... You just jump in. You have to jump in, and you have to run 100 miles. And to me... If you have to pay to do this as far as go do a race, mm-hmm. I'm going to save my money and yeah. spend it when it's Leadville or when it's Western States, like when it's a good, notable, legendary race. Sure. Otherwise, I can just map out 100 miles and go run it. 
Yeah. You know? So Well, so why why do people then pay for these races? If they could just go run 100 miles, why don't they? I, you know, I guess it depends on the person. I, yeah. I think I'm in the minority as far as someone who is more prone to, well, let's just go run a 50K. You know? Yeah. There's literally nothing stopping you from yeah. just running just a 50K. Doing but I do understand that I think most people... One, like, need the fact that they spent money, so there's sort of a guilt skin in the game. Yeah, skin in the game. And they're not cheap. It's not the cheapest thing to do. There's definitely great organizations like Tejas Trails Mm -hmm. here in Texas, more affordable races. But I I do think some people just need that extra motivation, so I get that. And I do think other people want it to be a race as far as they don't want to say when they get to work on Monday... I ran 32 miles for fun. They want to say yeah. I did a race. Fair. I went and raced. Okay. Whereas I've always been more, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't care if it's a race or a run. It's the same thing, which is why I'm so picky. I'm very yeah. peculiar. With, well, you, you were very much like Leadville is my first 100 mile race. Yes. Leadville will period. be the first 100 mile. Mm-hmm. Just period, end of story. And frankly, the second one, if there is a second one, I could break my leg. And well, I, you could do you. You know, there is the possibility you do this, and you're like, "All right, I'm good." Yeah, there's a hundred percent the potential that I cross the finish line in 36 hours and yeah. tell my wife if I even speak of 100 miles, divorce me. Right. You know, make it real. Let's threat. But there is that chance that it goes well yeah. from either a performance perspective or I just finish in 36 hours, but I yeah, loved it. but you love it, yeah. But there's just a reality that I'm not going to pay money unless it's really worth it. Yeah. So really, if Leadville goes well, the next race would be like a Western States or mm-hmm. a Georgia Death Race or you know an, an, another notable race. Otherwise, I'd rather go to Paladero Canyon and just right and say, camp and hike and yeah, like, and say run. here's a hundred miles. Yeah. Or I'd rather go to somewhere right. and just say be like, Check this is, yeah, here's yeah. the hundred miles. So, this is sort of a conversation that I've been wanting to have with you. Is this why you've been like, can I get on the mic? No, is, not at all. Oh, okay, okay, but based on what we're, what we wanted to talk, what you wanted to talk about today, yeah. um, you don't have a coach. I do not. You program your own shit Mm -hmm. always have (laughs) it is yes which is rare it's rare it's a little more common in the ultra space for sure Mm -hmm. and i've i've told it it always shocks people that you know what it's not even are you working with a coach it's always which coach are you working Mm -hmm. with because i'm you know we we know runners i know some runners Mm -hmm. and their question to me is always what coach is he working with Mm -hmm. and i because of who who you are and yeah. I know that most ultra guys mm-hmm. don't use coaches. Yeah. But can you explain why? For sure. So, it's a mix of things and this is one of those topics that I'm always ruminating on why but I'm mm-hmm. never actually talking about it. It's cuz you're running and thinking uh, and you can't. True. At the same time. I also I don't want to be a jerk. I just don't want to yeah. I don't want to offend people. Right. Cuz I totally respect that some Because people... my answer is he's better than you. But like that's you <laughs> But know. that's not my mentality. But you can't say that. Um number 1, it's just a matter of I've never used one. Right. I never had a coach. I've got it's partially just born out of well I've gotten here mm-hmm. without a coach, so I might as well just keep not doing using what's working. It's just like surface level, it's very well I've just never used one. I mean yeah. I ran my first marathon 
and finished it in about three hours, 18 minutes and knew, okay, there was something left in the tank, but instead of getting a coach, I just thought, well, I'll just train a little bit harder so that mm-hmm. on race day it can get a little, I just equated like, well, if I go a little faster when I train, maybe I'll be able to go faster when I race. Which in this case was? Was a Boston qualifier. Got to Boston. Didn't use a coach. I had a Walmart watch. It was mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. And I've, I've just sort of always been bent that direction, which is yeah. part of why I think I fit in the ultra crowd a little bit more because I think that's more the norm. I think as far right. as, you know, I just, I just never have used a coach. And so mm-hmm. I just keep not using one. So there's that little bit. But then as I thought about it, going into the 50K that I qualified for Leadville with, there was that moment of should I use a coach and Mm -hmm. I really actually thought about it and when it comes down to it right now my opinion and my philosophy because it's always very philosophical for me Mm ultra is not necessarily a coachable distance in my opinion I'm positive there's plenty of people out there that would say that's not true but I really just don't think at this, don't believe at this point, ultra marathons are a coachable distance. I totally think a half marathon, a marathon is in the realm of coachable. Yeah. Hey, go do this workout. Hey, let's change your stride. Let's change this. Let's tweak this. You'll gain a few seconds. Beyond 26 miles, though, we're talking about so many things that are out of a coach's control mm-hmm. that I just don't really perceive it to be worth bringing a coach into because what are they going to do go go run more right dude i've already got that in my head i'm already if the solution is go run more we're already there i don't need to pay someone to tell me to do that so yeah um i think i think we need to up your mileage i I think Uh, hey you ran a lot but maybe if you ran have you thought about and hear me out (laughs) running longer yeah so that's number one on the philosophical side. I just don't think it's a coachable distance. Yeah. Number two, the coach isn't running the race. Yeah. At the end of the day, no matter what a coach says or does or anything they program on August 20th, they're not running the race. I am. Mm-hmm. They, they don't come with me. Like, the coach doesn't run the race with me, so why would I rely on somebody else to get me ready for a race that they're not going to run? That's a really good point. I just my personality is already is very there's a bit of an issue of I perceive relying on other people as a weakness, which isn't fully true and I understand that, but that definitely informs that opinion. 100%. But yeah. also, I think there's a reality of when it comes to an ultra marathon I don't want to get to race day and I'm used to seeing my coach every four miles to give me a tip or to give me a thing or to say this when they're not going to be there on race day. Just I'm not going to spend money to have somebody tell me to do something and then not be there on race day. At the end of the day, I have to run the race. I have to be ready. I don't need someone else to rely on come race day. So that's number two. Number three, coaching is a scam a lot of times. I just like, there's a couple of guys uh, like Jason Coop in the ultra running world who's a legit dude. If you want ultra coaching, go to him. Zach Bitter runs a coaching service. If you mm-hmm. want coaching, 
go to those guys. Part of why I say that is they themselves have run ultra marathons. They've got skin in the game. They can say something. We're talking about two people compared to the thousands of coaches yeah. online. It's a ripoff. They're just taking stuff from 10-year-old runner's journal articles that you could read on your own. Mm-hmm. So the other piece of it is I don't want to pay someone money to tell me to do stuff that they picked up from an article that I could go find myself. Mm-hmm. So it's also sort of a cautionary tale to me to some people as far as, hey, if you're going to work with a coach, vet that out a little bit. You know, do your own research first. And up to this point, doing my own research has worked. Like I have, excuse me, I have done a lot of research, listened to a lot of podcasts, and also had the freedom to explore my own style. Yeah. So instead of a coach telling me, hey, change your stride. Yeah. Hey, I, I do this workout, which again, I could get on someone's Strava and just, and just find like the workout, it, yeah. you know? So instead of adapting to someone else's style and it ruining my entire way of running, mm-hmm. I've been able to piece together a style of programming that works for me, yeah. that works for my stride, that works for my schedule, that works for my mentality, that works for what I believe to be the right way to get ready. Yeah. I can, we can get 50 miles in, get over Hope Pass. We're crashing and burning. I was wrong. I should have used a coach. <laughs> but frankly, I think I'm right. I just, well, at this point in my life, I don't think I need a coach, and I don't think most people need a coach. And can we speak to, within the community that you're part of, the mm-hmm. ultra community, y'all are very self-reliant. Yeah. That's just true. So can you speak to what it feels like to crash in a race, which you did, mm-hmm. and have to come and have to come back to and figure out what happened i mean it's humiliating is not the right word because i wasn't humiliated but humbling it is humbling humbling because yeah there's so my track record is interesting it is yeah in the in the ultra world first place first place second place first place dnf Mm -hmm. first place so I either know I kind of either know success on a small scale or just utter absolute bonk failure. What I learned with that specific DNF, it was the Bandera 100K, mm-hmm. which has grown to be a really big race. I mean, yeah. it's a Western States Golden Ticket race. Lots of pros come in. It's the first. It's not even really the first race of the season because it's so early. It's almost mm-hmm. like a the last, like the last. It's like it's like an off season race almost. Well, and that, it's also sort of a breeding ground yeah. for you know people are watching it. Like who's coming out of Bandera that mm-hmm. we don't know about yet? Yeah. And I trained so wrong for that race, and it's yeah. because I sort of stepped out of the mentality of this is what works for me and started just even looking at well, what is Jim Walmsley doing? Or Mm -hmm. what is Zach Miller doing? And I got it in my head that to win a race like that, I had to train like somebody else. And then we came into the race, and in reality, I trained wrong. I just... Did you know going in that you would train wrong? I think deep down I knew, but it was really dumb. So I convinced myself that if like a Jim Walmsley can crank out 15, 20 miles a day at a 6.30 pace, which he often does, and then go run 100K at a pretty fast pace, then maybe the key is if I run 11 to 15 miles at a 6.45 pace, 
then when we show up to Bandera and I need to dial that back to a 62 miles at a 745 pace, of course it's easy. I've been running hard every day for five months. Mm-hmm. That was so dumb. <laughs> I, I do believe that there's guys that can tolerate that. Yeah. There are runners that their body tolerance for just getting beat up, pushing themselves every day works. You're not one of them. I'm not one of them. My, I, I mean, I even look at pictures. I'm, Dude, I remember. I looked sick. You I looked like a shipwreck victim. I, I was gaunt. My you like, weighed what, like one forty five? I weighed about like one hundred forty eight pounds. I'm one seventy two now. Yeah, like sitting right here and healthy and like strong. Yeah, and feel good. I felt horrible. My like my shoulders were super caved in, and I, I was running someone else's race and ended up losing my own. And it's because. Looking back, I tried to train like somebody else. So I, I may not have been using a coach, but I was fielding other people's ideas of how this works, and it didn't work. So yeah. that was one thing I took away was just no matter what, the person I should trust when it comes to preparing is myself. Mm-hmm. Like, don't run someone else's race because I'll lose mine. Um, so, and because obviously my body does not tolerate yeah. going hundred percent zone four zone five five six days a week yeah i showed up to the race just completely depleted yeah. broken down you already had nothing yeah there's nothing in the tank and i even think like because i didn't have a lot of strength just yeah. structural strength yeah i busted my ankle 12 miles in and i mm-hmm. think now if i rolled it the same way it still hurt but yeah but you could i think that i just think the strength would have been there to sort of tolerate that whereas that that was the beginning of the end yeah. as far as roll my ankle and then it was just completely i got 31 miles in and just knew, staring down the barrel of 31 more miles yeah. it, it, it wasn't even a wall it was just like realistically I am incapable of going further. Yeah. It's not a, oh, I've hit the wall, but I, it was, it was, you're done. I'm done. And that's been your first true, Mm -hmm. I'm done. Yeah. And that could happen at Leadville. That's the reality. It could. But that's why I'm being so careful with training. And that's why I don't use a coach. And so how has your training changed and what are you doing now? So what I'm doing now, it's been more focused on preparing. Like Mm -hmm. I always sort of frame it as I'm not training, I'm preparing. Yeah. And that may sound subtle, it may sound stupid, but that's what works. No, that's so different. That's really important. So really what happened was January to February, it was getting the body ready to be ready. Yeah. So on the running side, it was minimal running. Very minimal, yeah. Five, ten miles a week, just get out, get an Mm eight-mile run in, maybe do a five-miler here or there, but lots of loaded weightlifting mm-hmm. very like very intentionally mm-hmm. loading hips knees hips knees calves, ankles, ankles calves posterior these, strength yeah lots sled of pulling sled pushes yeah. weighted pull-ups weighted dips yeah um you know bench press lat pull down um just a lot a lot of stuff that was very heavy just but it was just posturally, a, yeah, yeah posturally and that carried into March. All right, let's amp up the running, but keep yeah. the strength pretty moderate. Mm-hmm. So then we went from minimal mileage to about 30 to 40 per week. Yeah. Then April, we went 50, 60, 70, just incrementally building everything. And now that we're in May, we're cranking out about 80 to 85 miles pretty easily. Yeah. And it feels the thing that I've loved about this training block, because I've never really done this. Mm hmm 
is I want to be a strong runner. When yeah. I get to Leadville, I want to be strong. I believe that a good performance at Leadville is contingent upon a strong runner, not a fast runner. Yeah. So instead of being speed obsessed, I've been very strength obsessed. Like, do I feel strong today? Yeah. Is, was this workout strong? Well, and even watching you because we do track days on Wednesdays. Yeah. Track back Wednesday. Track back out. Wednesday. Shout out. Uh, I can tell a difference in your stride. When I mm-hmm. look at you running, you look different. That you are straight up, you're bouncy, but like you're not caved in. Yeah. Your chest is high, your mm-hmm. shoulders are back, and I can see the strength. Yeah. So I I'm encouraged by that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And that that's I mean we were talking earlier like I feel kind of weak yeah. today. Like this is the first really And that's part of why we're t- is like Yeah, the first this is the first day in this training block that I've felt like I feel weak today. Great segue. You as your own coach, mm-hmm. what do you do whenever you recognize I feel weak mm-hmm. today? Like I I feel run mm-hmm. down. What are the steps you take to get back to a place where your training is productive? Mm-hmm recognize so mm-hmm. i step one just recognize and what i mean by that is look backward all right so we had a 45 mile weekend which yeah. is a pretty heavy weekend like in the texas heat 45 yeah. miles over the course of less than 72 hours so there's that piece and what i've been doing that's worked is backloading the week so heavy mileage on the weekend between 45 and the 55 miles right now so yeah. within three days getting that in the three days leading up to that would be no more than about 30 miles, Mm -hmm. which 15 doesn't sound like that much of a difference, but it makes a difference. It just leaves more in the tank for a good weight sesh on Monday, Wednesday, because Monday and Wednesdays are usually my like weight session days, but we're going out of town this weekend. I want to be fully present for my wife's Ironman. Like I want to be present, no thoughts of, I didn't get that running or I want to be there. What that has meant, though, even as my own coach is, okay, well, we got to front load this week so mm-hmm. that going into the weekend, there's really no need for running. Yeah. So just recognizing the circumstance, like, okay, it's not like we're on the normal plan and I feel weak today. It's that we're in an abnormal week and I feel weak. So just, it's kind of like if I had a coach, he would have told me at the beginning of the week, by Thursday, you're going to feel pretty weak yeah. just because of, you know, you went out, you came out of a heavy load and went straight into, into a one, heavy load, yeah. which isn't going to be normal, but I do see some benefit to yeah. having a few weeks like this, as long as I also have weeks that are easy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a distinguisher. I think some runners get in their head as far as like, I feel weak. I got to push through, push through, push through. Right. And then they just start building. And then they just like, uh, they push through it and then they follow it up with another big workout. And they never recover. Exactly. Whereas because I feel this way, I'm still going to get my regimented run in today Mm -hmm. and have a bit of an experience of like, okay, I felt weak. I got it done. Get some food, go to sleep, go to Tulsa, be there for the Ironman. Take those as, Take those as rest days. Like another thing I look back on is I haven't had a no active, like just a complete, just a rest day, rest day in 23 days. Yeah. Like that's just the nature of what this sport is, but I'm leveraging like being there for the Ironman as, you know, okay, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we might do a 30 minute run tomorrow. We might do a 30 minute run on Saturday, but there's a reality that the next three days could be complete and total off days, which is great. And then next week will be like a deload week. Mm-hmm. So more weightlifting, more active recovery, right. less mileage. 
and then we ramp it up the next and week. then we go back yeah. yeah so it's also it's being willing to understand like well circumstantially mm-hmm. if i didn't feel pretty depleted today that'd be a little weird yeah. um i also think that the other thing is like another thing that encourages me is thinking through like olympic swimmers and how like caleb dressel who's the best in the world he loses races in the season all the time mm-hmm. but he talks about like well part of my plan is like those those meets like those in-season meets aren't the olympics yeah. those are those are training runs right those are training swims i'm training i should be losing because yeah. i'm tired my goal is not yeah my goal is not to win my goal is to get Prepare. the red in yeah. So that's the other thing that encourages me as far as on a day like today when I'm going to go run and it's mm-hmm. going to be a mediocre run. Like yeah. I know that it's going to be a slog. It's going to, it's going to be a run where every mile I'm thinking, why are, how many more miles? <laughs> why are we out? Like the whole run's going to be, yeah. why are we out here? Yeah. But like just having that reference point of, well, this isn't race day. Yeah. This is a training day. Mm-hmm. I mean, switch out a swim meet for just a training day with running it's like i should feel this way this yeah. whereas i know with my plan that i made like by leadville we've had a couple of days off we're fresh we've been at altitude for two weeks yeah we're good to go it's good race go, day baby um so i think the other thing is just reminding myself as my own coach like hey it's not race day yeah like we're in the thick of training so you're gonna have some days where you're just freaking tired yeah so yeah well there you go man that's it. That's why I don't use a coach. That's what I would tell myself if I was my own coach. People who keep asking me if I will coach you, I'll write you a program, but I'm not going to coach you. <laughs> We're about three months out. Does anything change preparation-wise? The only thing that's set to change soon is adding a lot more rucking in. Mm-hmm. So these first three months, so uh march april may has been very run heavy like everything is running Mm -hmm. because i took some time off back half of last year eased into it this year all very intentionally Mm -hmm. like i want to be injury free i want the miles to count i want quality miles i want necessary miles but as we get closer to leadville i know that i still need time on feet but again, strong runner. Like Leadville's made for strong runners, not fast runners. Mm-hmm. So something I'm gonna start adding in, just even on my no run days or even light mileage days, is all right. I did a five mile run this morning, and then this afternoon in the in the heat of Texas, I'm gonna throw the rucksack on and go walk two or three miles. Yeah, that's really the only thing that's gonna change. Okay. So even like if you look at my Strava, June July, you might see some sixty mile weeks. But then there might be 15 miles of walking with a rucksack on that aren't right. accounted for. Yeah. Um, and that's just a way for me to leverage heat to train for altitude, but also make sure that I don't log so many miles that by the time we get to race day, even if I take a few days off, I'm still just done. Like, yeah, I'm not showing up done. I'm showing up ready. You seem ready. I am ready. Fueled by a force of nature. Fueled by a force of nature and a tray you running. Go check them out today. Awesome, y'all. Well, thanks for listening, and keep following along. I appreciate you all. Bye, y'all.